0: Good Sunday morning, City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at seven thirty, right here on one hundred point seven WHIN, or visit us in person at seven thirty four Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at nine forty five. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. So we're going to dig in, and we're going to start with a recap, and we're going to look at the church at Ephesus. And I know this is small print from where you are, and I apologize for that. There's another screen on the back if you need to turn around and, and take a peek at that. But I, I intentionally did this because I wanted all of them on the same sheet. Because I wanted to, as we look at the church at Ephesus, and this is Revelation, if you have your Bibles with you, open up to Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 7. And I'm just going to speak to you today, and I'm going to share some things as God is showing me, and I'm going to share those with you. But the pros about the Ephesus church that was the loveless church, the pros were that they were known by God, that they were seen by God, that they were patient, that they were against evil. They persevered and they stood strong. And one of my favorite parts about this is that they hated evil deeds, not the people. And I think that's a very powerful thing for us to focus on. And as we recap today, I want you guys to come at this from a position of well, on the positive things, how many of these things do you line up with as an individual? And on the con side of it, what do you need to work on? And nobody's going to be the same in here. You're going to have some things on that pro side that's going to be like, yeah, got that, check, 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 check. On that con side, you're going to be like, hmm, I don't know if I want to agree with that or not. But that's all right. Y'all can go to school too. It's okay. It's always open registration starts anytime I'm just gonna put that out but they hated the evil deeds not the people see that's when I got this phrase of I don't have to condone a behavior but I don't have to condemn a person and if you'll learn to wrap your head around that it'll do well for you amen but the con side of Ephesus was that they left their first love that they needed to repent And they were in danger of losing their light. And they needed to listen. I want to talk about this first love part of it. You see, the loveless church, what's the greatest of all the commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. They stopped doing that. And they became a loveless church. They were known by God. They were seen by God. And God applauded them for several things that they were doing good. But when he goes and he says, but nevertheless, and he starts talking about the negative aspects. I just want you guys to understand that one thing that you cannot do is lose the love for God and the love for your neighbor. Because if you lose that, you're on a downhill slide. Amen. Let's keep going as we go a little further and we go into the church of Smyrna in Revelation chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 I want you to look at this this is the persecuted church and their pros were that they were known by God they they that they were seen by God God knew their works he knew that they were involved in a great time of tribulation and they were being pressed from every side They were poverty stricken, but they were rich. They were tested. And God told them that if you can endure, you will receive a crown of life. Now you remember the church of Smyrna was known for the myrrh that came out of that area. And in order for myrrh to be brought forth and give its fragrance, The myrrh, the plant had to be crushed. And that was what Smyrna was. It was crushed. But God told them if they would endure that they would receive a crown of life. Is it easy to give up? Is it easy to quit? Is it easy to back down? Is it easy to sidestep? Is it easy to turn to the left or turn to the right? It's always easy. I think of myself as water sometimes. Try to follow the path of least resistance. But that's not what God called us to be. He called us to swim against the current, to stand in the face of adversity, to not give up, to not be ashamed, and to hold true to the course. Amen? I do want to mention this. I got a, uh, a text message this morning at 430 And it was uh, from an individual, and I'm gonna be very vague in what I'm saying because there's a lot at risk in what I'm saying and you guys are gonna know and if you don't, ask somebody around you and they'll tell you. But we've been praying for a certain situation in a certain country with a certain family that has been captured and being held. Well, recent developments is that they have gone and received the finances they have released the people from the prison that they were in, allowed them to go back home. But they're held in their homes. They've gotta stay there. And out of that is coming forth the opportunity for us to get involved again and to be able to make sure that this doesn't happen to this family again. And we've got an opportunity and we'll be talking about that later. I'm just being very careful about what I say because People listen and people pay attention and it doesn't matter if you're in Tennessee or you're in the outer parts of the world. People can hear now because of the internet, amen? So I want you to be praying for that and if you don't know about that, like I said, ask somebody around you, they'll be able to fill you in, all right? But you'll understand persecution when we talk about it. So let's keep going. The other thing that they needed to do was to listen. They needed to listen. And if you notice that every one of the churches, that the word is, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see, the easy part about all of this is to get caught up in the thinking that this doesn't apply to us. That it just simply applied to this church that was in modern day Turkey that has nothing to do with us. But that's not true. I've been talking with my dad lately and spending a lot of time with him and he is one of the, the greatest resources on Revelation. He spent his entire life studying the book, 60 years in a pulpit. And I mean, he, he knows a lot of stuff, but he's, he's very careful how he speaks some things. And, and he and I got to talking about this and he said, Howie, I have never paid attention to the seven churches because it's like a preamble to what's going to happen. It's about the seven trumpets and the throne room and the seven bowls and all the seals being broken and everybody wants to know about the horsemen and and Armageddon and Gog and Magog and all this stuff that's in Revelation. But if we don't pay attention to the seven churches, we're not listening. We've got to listen because there's so much more that's coming. And so I just wanna prepare us for this. As we look at our next church, Pergamos the compromising church. Revelation chapter two, verses 12 through 17, the compromising church. Now I have taught many times about compromise, that compromise is a bad word because no matter how you compromise, somebody loses. Every situation you're in where there's a compromise, there's a gain and there's a loss. But if we start looking at options, we can find a win-win situation. If we'll pay attention, we'll watch, and we'll listen. Amen? So the, con, the pro part of Pergamos, the compromising church, was this, that they were known by God, and when they were pressured, they did not deny Christ. They were known by their works and their living conditions. They they were fed by God, they would be fed by God, and they would receive a white stone and a new name. This white stone represents a not guilty verdict. But in order for them to do this, they had to hold true to the course. The con part of it was that they were allowing false doctrine to be preached in their church and taught in their church. They were becoming stumbling blocks to other Christians around them. They said it was okay to eat things that were unclean, that were offered to idols. They were sexually immoral. They needed to repent because Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. And they needed to listen. Now, as we dig into this and, and we remember and go back and look at these things, that white stone was the way that the judges would rule and so what would happen is that the judges would either be three or five judges and they would have stones and they would be white or black and they would be laid upon the front where they would sit as to their verdict whether the person was guilty or innocent and it was a majority rule situation when the person was brought into the courtroom and the, ju- the judgment was passed, they would pull out either a black stone, which meant guilt, or a white stone, which meant innocent. And on that stone, they would engrave dates or, or verdicts or anything like that. They would do that to the, for themselves. But anytime they would have a problem with the community or anything like that, or rumors would be started and things would be said they would always be able to pull out that white stone and hold it up and say listen I'm not guilty how many of you today get to hold that white stone up because of the blood of Jesus Christ and say I'm not guilty thank you Jesus no matter how many times we fail no matter how many times we fall we learn that his grace is sufficient it keeps us in situations it allows us to be able to make mistakes and not lose our salvation. And we need to understand something here. You see, the the church there, they, they really made some big mistakes. And the big mistakes at Pergamos was that they allowed, they allowed as a body, they allowed things to happen. Let me tell you something. There's a word that's called heresy. And heresy's real simple. You teach something that's contradictory to the word of God, that's heresy. And I'll give you another one. Jesus plus anything is heresy. There's only one way to the throne room of God. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke and said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes under the Father but by me. Now let me tell you some heresy that's going on in the world today. This little phrase, anybody heard this? Well, that's your truth. That's your truth. You go ahead and live the way you want, that's your truth. Let me sell you, let me, let me sell you something right now. Let me tell you and sell you at the same time. There's only one truth. And either you believe it or you don't believe it. We can talk about all kinds of stuff and you can have all kinds of opinions. But when you allow your opinion to become fact and it is contradictory or contrary to the word of God, that's heresy. And we have to maintain a position that the word of God is incorruptible. Amen. Let's keep going. Thyatira, the corrupt church, the pros, they were seen by God and they were known by God. Have you noticed that God has seen them and God has known all of these churches, but yet he's got issues, he's got problems so far, except for Smyrna, he's had problems with all these churches, but he sees them and he knows them. Now that's why we're gonna stand in front of God one day and some people are going to hear these words, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. I am aware, what God is saying is, I see what you're doing and I know what you're doing, I'm aware, but I don't know you because you're not one of mine. Amen. And that is deceit. The devil has got people believing things that are not true. One of them is a belief system called Baha'i. All paths lead to God, and it's a religion, and it's a true statement in a sense, because every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, so they're going to see God, but the difference is who gets to stay with him and who doesn't. Does that make sense? So your truth is not going to matter when you stand before God and he says, I don't know you, hit the bricks. And the argument starts, wait a minute, we built cathedrals in your name, and we built these massive structures, we did good, we healed people, we raised the dead, we raised funds, we did all these things. I don't know you. Man, that's a strong thing, isn't it? Excuse me. I don't want to be just simply known by God, I want to be a friend of God. I want to be his son i want to be honored in his sight i want to be cherished how many of you want to be that today amen listen to this i know your works i know that you have love i know your service i know that you have faith and you're patient but i'm and i'm not going to put and he says this in thyatira i am not going to put any more burdens on you for those that are, are trying to repent, I will not put any other burdens on you. Now listen to this, hold fast to the truth. He tells them, hold fast to the truth and I'll give you power over the nations to become rulers over them and I will give you the morning star. Now that's if you can hold on, but look what it says here. The problem that I have for you is that you have allowed false teachers. You have become seduced. You commit sexual immorality. You eat unclean things, things that are offered to idols. And you bring, here comes, you're bringing my judgment upon you. Because of your actions, I'm bringing judgment and I'm coming quick. You better repent because listen to this, I'm gonna reward you by your works. You need to listen. Now, I want you to think about this, just for a moment. For all of us that have ever worked a public job or are working a public job, what if we really got paid for what we really did? There's some people chuckling right now. Think about this. You're getting paid to work for an hour, you get a certain amount for that hour, right? What if you got paid by the actual work that you do? Some folks that I've seen work, they'd be hard pressed to get a Happy Meal. (laughs) By the end of the day, I've got a friend of mine that I mess with, He's, he's a pastor in Middle Tennessee area. And uh, he said that uh, he had to have both of his shoulders worked on because we worked together at Nissan. I said, I had to have both of my shoulders work on. I said, man, I've had a bad back for about 35, 40 years. He said, man, what call? He said, I know my shoulders was from changing doors. He said, what's, what's, what's your bad back from? I said, from carrying you. <laughs> he didn't laugh like y'all did. <laughs> but isn't that the truth? How would you like to be rewarded for what you've actually done? Now, let me show you something, this is, and this is the power in what we're talking about here today. In order for you to become rulers, in order for you to have power over the nations and be given the morning star, you've got to hold true to the faith. And you've got to make sure that you're paying attention to your details, not my details. Does that make sense? In order for you to overcome, you got to deal with what you've got to deal with. I shared with you some of my stuff this morning and you guys know I'm, a, I'm pretty wide open when it comes to my stuff because I don't hide it. And I don't want you to think that, that you gotta be perfect, but I do want you to believe that you can make it. And it's not about what I did yesterday, because that's gone. It's how I live today, it's how I walk today. It's how I lay my head on my pillow tonight. Will I have regrets? Well, I had several before I woke up. Will we all have regrets? Absolutely. But that's not what's important. What's important is, is I say, God, I can't, but you can. And we keep turning ourselves over to God and saying, God, help me, help me, help me because the word declares that in our weakness, we are made strong, amen? Let's keep going today. I wish I had time for questions and answers because I know there's so much here. So let's look at Sardis, the dead church. Now look at this. They were known by God. There were some that were undefiled. There were some that were worthy. There were some that were going to overcome and there were some that were gonna be clothed in white. And there were some that their name would not be blotted out. And he said, I will confess your name to my Father and all the congregation of heaven. Now, when we start looking, this is Revelation 3, one through six. When we start looking at this piece right here, I want you to understand, if it says right here, your name will not be blotted out for some, what does that mean for the others? Let me explain what that blotted out means. There's a book in heaven and it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb is Jesus Christ and the Book of Life comes and the names are written in his blood in that book and there's names that are going to be there and there's names that are going to be blotted out and i don't ever want to be in the position where i am at risk of having my name blotted out and we need to pay attention to the details we need to watch what's going on because listen to this what were their, what were their issues they were a dead church they were not perfect listen They needed to repent because judgment was coming quickly. They needed to listen the same way we do. Now, what does it mean, not perfect? They were not perfected. Because they had become dead, they were not living a life as they should. They were dead. But there were some that were still carrying on. There were some that were still working. There were some that were still doing. God saw them all. And the word says that God alone is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. Amen? That's the book. Let's keep going. I'm kind of liking this this morning. Almost liked it like my dad did. Run my whole page. Let's look at the Church of Philadelphia. This right here, I had to make two columns of prose. Now listen, this... Phileo, that we get our word love from. Church at Philadelphia, Revelation 3, 7 through 13. They were a loving church. They loved. Listen, they were known by God. Watch this. And God was working for them on their behalf. They confessed to have a little strength and they trusted god they kept his word and when the pressure was on they did not deny christ and he said because of this i'm going to make your enemies bow down listen this they were loved by god they were going to persevere because they wouldn't give up they kept from trials. The Bible says that he's going to keep them from the trials that are to come, the 10 days of trial. I'm going to keep you from that. That's going to come out upon the whole world. I got two churches confused. Take the 10 days out. I'm going to keep you from the trials that are to come upon the whole world. I'm going to make you a pillar. And when he says make a pillar, he's saying in my temple, I'm going to make you a pillar. You're going to be a permanent part. You're going to dwell with God and I'm going to give you A new name and the con was they needed to listen that's the only negative thing that God had to say about the Church of Philadelphia I want to show this to you because I want you to understand this today the value of the Church of Philadelphia is because they loved how many times do we have people come to this church and we tell them Make yourself comfortable, make yourself at home. Feel like you're part of the family. If, you're, if you came in a little late, you probably didn't get a hug, but if you hang around long enough, somebody's gonna hug your neck. That's just the way it goes. And some people go like this. It's okay, it'll be all right. You won't die. And there's other people go like, I've been waiting for a hug all day. My mother-in-law, she's a professional hugger. If you haven't met her, <laughs> she raised her hand. So if you see a little red sports car run around inside the church, that's her. So if you don't want to get hugged, run. But there's love. And I'm gonna tell you, if you hang around her very long, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna have a good time. And there's part of a joy that comes out of that. And when there's peace and there's joy, and there's love, there's fun. We have a good time. It's not about being overly serious, and it's absolutely not about being critical. It's about being accepting. It's about being accepted for who you are, for where you are, because we're all at different places. So if I try to say, well, everybody's not here like me, and everybody's trying to act like this person, but you're not here, you're you're struggling to be here, and you keep trying to be here, stop doing that, guys. Stop the comparison part and just let God be God in your life. Listen to what God is saying to you. My dad, one time he told me when my grandfather died, and I've told this story many times, but I told him, I said, Dad, I had to sing at my grandfather's funeral, and, and I told him, I said, Dad, I'm really feeling strong about singing this song. Of course, my dad being my dad, is going to tell me exactly how to do it. If he was your dad, he'd tell you how to do it too. He said, son, they don't sing songs like that here. Sing this song this way. So you see what just happened to me? I just lost my freedom, and I just lost my ability to hear what God was saying to me because I just allowed myself to be removed from God. Because I had to to get my word from God to my dad to me. And that's not how it works. I'm going to tell you so you get this. God is not speaking to me all the time for you. God's talking to you. That's a personal relationship. And you need to understand, it's okay to talk back to him. I mean, respond. If you talk back to him, it'll hurt. I'm just telling you, I know And as my dad began to tell me this and i did the song he wanted me to do went through the funeral did it didn't feel a thing just did a song but when i went to the graveside i was a pallbearer at my grandfather's funeral and as i walked up that steep hill one hand in the dirt and one hand on the casket i'm from eastern kentucky so one hand in the dirt When I got to my grandfather's tombstone, they bury him the opposite. Instead of the tombstone facing the grave, it's turned the other way. So the body's behind the tombstone. And I walked around and I saw the words to the song that I felt God impressed me that were carved on my grandfather's tombstone. Don't think that I made any effort at all To let my dad look at that. Because I didn't. I said, hey, dad, come here. I want to show you something. I said, I told you. And my dad said something to me. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. He said, son, forgive me. That's a good dad. He said, forgive me. He said, I just didn't realize that God talks to you, too. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.